Diverse voices. Unique sound. Not the same old thing. Different, different. This is NOCO FM. Greetings, hi, hello, and welcome to another edition of Corbin vs. the World. I am your hero, Corbin David Allball, here to bring you the greatest tunes of yesterday, today, and tomorrow on this, our second weekend of June. And I do have some sad stuff to talk about in this episode, but for now, I want to focus on the good, the positive, and the beautiful in our world. For example, the fact that Keanu Reeves is having a damn good 2019, and I think he deserves it because he has given us so much joy throughout his career. Between John Wick becoming a killer franchise, the new Bill and Ted movie that's in the works now, which I'm super psyched about. But not only that, as of last week, we have learned that Keanu is now breaking on through to the other side, to the realm of video games. So we might get to interact with Game Keanu at some point. Uh, And this was recently unveiled at E3, which if you're not a giant super nerd, allow me an actual super nerd to explain. E3 is a giant convention where gaming companies unveil to gamers all the beautiful games that they will say come out in a year, but in actuality will actually come out around the year 2030. At least that's been my experience with video games. I'm still waiting on StarCraft Ghost, but that's a whole other can of worms entirely. But at E3... They unveiled a trailer for a game called Cyberpunk, which uh, from from what I could glean from the trailer, it's basically taking place in like some sort of weird Blade Runner-esque dystopia where everyone's got like circuit tattoos on their face. I don't know. I'm sure it'll be neat. But the really important marquee part of the game is the fact that apparently our boy Keanu Reeves plays a main character and a very strong role in the plot, which wasn't really communicated too much through the trailer. He only appears for like 10 seconds, but he does say fuck, which is pretty cool. And that leads me to believe that he's going to be a total badass in the game. And I did do my customary 10 minutes of Google research on Cyberpunk 2077, and I can tell you a few things about it. Uh, Thing number one, you shoot people in it, which I think sets it apart from a lot of video games nowadays. Thing number two, it does that thing that a lot of games have nowadays where your character is fully customizable. Everything about your character is customizable, which I think is a really cool thing to make available to gamers. But I also know in the back of my head that 50% of the builds are going to be by 14-year-olds, and they're all going to have mohawks and eye patches, and they're going to be named Weed Lord Boner Hitler. But at least they're giving us the tools to make some degree of art, and in some cases an episode of Monster Factory. But what's really fun about the character building attribute thing is that, like most RPG games, your character has attributes like, uh, you know, strength and how accurate they can go to the bathroom and what time they need to eat lunch. Or I think those are attributes in video games, right? But the ones in Cyberpunk 2077... Uh, there's one in particular that really gets me because most of them are fairly, you know, run of the mill. There's your strength, constitution, intelligence, heart, beauty, sexiness. No, those aren't actual attributes, but there is strength, constitution, intelligence, reflex, tech and cool. 
yeah, you can have a totally cool character. So that's going to be my plan with Cyberpunk 2077. Fuck Keanu Reeves. My new dream is to build a character that's weak as hell, can't shoot straight, doesn't know anything about computers, has no reflexes whatsoever, and doesn't know dick about anything. But if he is not the coolest dude in all of future California and gets invited to all the future DJ sets and has all the coolest playlists, I want to know what that speed run is like. Anyway, getting back to Keanu being in the game, I think that it is cool that film and TV actors are starting to break into video games more because video games are a legitimate art, just like film and television. And so it's only reasonable that now that we have the technological ability to put their likenesses on screen, uh, it makes sense that we have you know cinematic actors who are now inhabiting the video game realm in Mortal Kombat universe you have the guy who played the original Shang Tsung in the Mortal Kombat movie who is now playing Shang Tsung in the game which makes my fanboy heart go all pitter patter but I think that this is going to be a great next step with video games there's also Norman Reedus who is in the new uh, Hideo Kojima game Death Rising which I still don't know anything about other than the fact that I think you're on a planet where rain turns you into babies. I don't fucking know. It's Hideo Kojima, okay? He did Metal Gear Solid. People float for no reason. They blow up. They speak Lele Lilo Lu. It's just weird shit. I don't know. Anyway, I'm done talking about games. Go Keanu. Go actors. Break on through to the next side. Let's listen to some tunes, shall we? This is Flaming Gods and their song, Paradise Drive.
Oh, yes. Welcome back to Corbin versus the world. You just got done hearing Paradise Drive by Flamingods, followed up by Disgrace by the band Picks. That is two X's in the name Picks. And finally, we had Quiet Americans by Shearwater off of their very good 2015 album Jet Plane and Oxbow. So earlier this week, the New York Times published one big old bummer of a story, possibly one of the bigger bummer stories of 2019, which is actually a pretty bummer free year overall, not to like jinx anything. We're only like halfway through it at this point, but 
And technically, this doesn't really count because it happened back in 2008. But we'll get into that in just a second. See, in 2008, a big old fire broke out at uh, Universal Studios in Hollywood. You know how fire do. You remember the Notre Dame thing. Fire is going to do the fire thing whenever you want. But the thing is that this fire, which at the time everyone was afraid was going to burn up a bunch of movie and TV materials. Uh, spoiler, it didn't, as you can tell by the fact that we're only finding out about this fire right now. And the reason we're finding out about it right now is because although the fire did not touch uh, the movie or TV materials, it did hit a warehouse that contained, I believe the clinical term is a shitload of master tapes owned by UMG. Uh, and those master tapes were by artists, you know, hundreds upon hundreds of artists over decades and decades. You know, you're talking about Tom Petty, Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley, uh, you know, countless artists throughout history. Um, and those master tapes, not all of them, obviously, but a good section, and they're still estimating the losses, but it is in the upwards of hundreds of thousands of songs. Songs have been lost to history uh, because of this fire, and we are just now learning about it in the year 2019, uh, 11 years after the fact. And it'd be one thing if it was just the public that were learning this, but it is the artists themselves who are also learning this information. This was an investigative report by the New York Times. And, you know, the fuck thing about this story is not so much the fire breaking out, because as I said, fire is going to fire regardless of whatever we want. We're at the mercy of nature. We're behind that eight ball. It happens. We all know that shit. The thing that's fucked is the fact that you had artistic legacies, musical legacies, you know, foundations by which future remasters and all kinds of amazing stuff, you know, songs that had never been released, outtakes that had never been released. Those things had just been lost. And, you know, there are some artists that are going to have the Prince thing going on that are going to protect those tapes and won't release them to the public. But just the fact that they don't even have that choice anymore and they did not know that they did not have that choice uh, is just a really kind of scummy corporate thing and you know how I feel about scummy corporate things and you know it's just like Steely Dan for example were told for like 10 years that uh, their master tapes were unavailable but they were never told why they were unavailable and it just strikes me as very depressing that you know corporate America can see a loss like this and you know not only acknowledge it from their perspective but not even have the decency to let the artist know so shame shame double shame upon universal music group will still consume your shit terrible artists because that's what we had to do in the 21st century but just every once in a while and not to become like a full like vinyl fanatic or anything but i think that especially in this age where everything is on the stream and the cloud and and all that fun stuff. I think that we kind of forget that music, recorded music, is still a tangible object that should be treasured and, you know, taken care of. And, you know, if we continue to, you know, treat these things like these master tapes and these other physical objects, you know, so flippantly that in, you know, 50 years, 100 years, when there's some big ol' tech dump or, you know, imagine like the MySpace music database shitting itself, but on an even bigger scale, like Spotify or something, you know, those databases go up in flames. Where are the songs then? 
where where does all that stuff come from and it's just that kind of shit that we don't really think about until it's too late but those are some really deep thoughts that i'm gonna let you ruminate on while we move into some of the best emo of 2019 yes i haven't played some emo in a while so i figure now is the time and this is one of my favorite new songs of 2019 i think that i Heard it for the first time like a week and a half ago, and I've already heard it like 30 times. Like, it's so damn good. This is Drunk 2 by Mannequin Pussy. Enjoy.
Welcome back to Corbin versus the world, your sad emo capital of the world. You just got done hearing Drunk 2 by Mannequin Pussy. That is their first single off an upcoming album. Next, we had Dig by Oso Oso, also a new single. And finally, we had Prince Daddy and the Hyena, great band name, and their song Come On and Smoke Me Up, which is also a new single. What an exciting year it is for emo and what an exciting year it's going to be for dance punk as well chick 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 just announced uh that they are coming out with a new album and they just released two new singles and i do love chick 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 so very much uh they're that band that are actually it's three exclamation points but you have to say chick 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 to make yourself sound idiotic uh, but those two songs are out and those sound dope as shit and i'm really glad that that kind of edgy angular kind of bass throbbing dance punk sound is starting to come back in 2019 in some shape and form so i'm going to be playing you a chick 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 song in just a moment but before i do that i just wanted to let everyone know that woodstock 50 is off again (laughs) yeah i didn't hear anything from them for like a week and a half so i was starting to get a little suspicious but once again uh yet another development has appeared in the days of our woodstock although they did get their funding and their groove back now they have lost their venue because they were not able to make a final licensing fee on time and so now woodstock 50 is without a venue, which kind of makes putting on the festival a little bit difficult. So, uh, if any of you have any like community skate parks or swimming pools, or you know maybe just a big old desert or something that you're not using, maybe consider shooting a postcard to Michael Lang to let him know that you've got his back. Because God, he's got to be going through some shit. But the thing is. They're still not admitting defeat. This is like the Jason Voorhees of festivals where it's going to keep going and going no matter how hard we try and kill it. They are still saying that they have another venue in mind. God only knows what it could be. So I promise you there will be more Days of Our Woodstock coming up. What a beautiful drama it is. I don't need to watch TV anymore now that I've got Woodstock. Anyway, here's that chick 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 song I was promising you. This is Off the Grid.
of destruction, the eve of destruction, the eve of destruction, the eve of destruction, the eve of destruction.
Welcome back to Corbin versus the World. You just got done hearing Off the Grid by Chick Chick Chick, which is one of two new songs off of their upcoming album. Then we had Guarn by Mad Mad Mad. I'm noticing a theme with these band names here. They're a fun, funky, scary group out of the UK. And finally, we had the Chemical Brothers and their song Eve of Destruction off of their very good new album, No Geography. Also, go check out their music video for Got to Keep On, because that video is a good old time. Anyway, we are just wrapping up this episode of Corbin vs. the World. Thank you so much for tuning in, as always. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, at Corbin vs. the World, and at NoCoFM. We're going to be closing out this episode with some weird stuff in honor of the memory of Rocky Erickson, who passed away. Uh, in the last couple weeks, news of that just broke, which I'm very, very depressed about. Uh, Rocky Erickson was the front man for the 13th Floor Elevators, which was a pioneering psychedelic group out of Austin. Uh, amazing group, amazing musician. There is a great, great documentary about him and uh, his mental illness and his struggles with drugs and recovery. Uh, and it's called You're Gonna Miss Me, and it's one of my favorite films as well. And so I was very, very uh, saddened to hear that he passed. But it was a life well lived, and it was a beautiful story. So I definitely recommend checking out that documentary and really diving into the Rocky Erickson 13th Floor Elevator uh, discography, because it started out with kind of this, you know, breakthrough psychedelic sound. And then uh, in the 70s, he kind of moved into a more occult hard rock sound, which is uh, the track that I'm going to play you, uh, which is called Two-Headed Dog, which is one of my favorite songs. Uh, I first heard it actually uh, when I saw Andrew Jackson Jihad play in Seattle and uh, their singer started singing Two-Headed Dog and that opened up the, uh, the porthole and that's how I discovered Rocky Erickson. And maybe this episode can be your gateway into his music as well. So that is the hope. He also had a very good collaborative album with Ockerville River uh, that he did. And that the making of that album is talked about in the documentary as well. So we're going to be closing out with Two-Headed Dog and some freaky, scary, funky songs that I love so much that I feel kind of follow in that scary vein. So we've got some OCs and a new song by Girl Band coming out. So it is certainly not for the faint of heart, but I just love it so darn much. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I love and appreciate each and every one of you. Go in peace and enjoy Rocky Erickson, Two-Headed Dog.
Frankie Ray. Tokyo Roseways. It's too late. This has been a production of NOCO FM.